open house. We went to an open house. I don't know if you can see those four guys up there. I think the guy, of course, the tallest guy is not me. It's uh, my brother, Doug. Uh, I'm probably the shorter one to the right. That picture was taken in uh, Russia, up near the Gulf of Finland, a few years ago. Doug and myself joined a team that went to a drug rehab center. The next slide, please. And uh, it was quite the learning experience. I was a little skinnier back then. I'm the bald guy, one bald guy. It was uh, quite the experience, honestly. We, we paid for our fare and got to Toronto, and, and uh, Wade Foss was our leader. He came and said, well, the building that you were going to renovate is burnt. Burnt last night. Okay. So it's up to you guys. You want to go back home and rebook and all that. And we decided, no, we're going to go. So we get on the plane. Plane is loaded, ready to go on the runway, and died. Plane shut off. Scared the life out of me. So they did send some teenager, I'm assuming, aboard the plane somewhere and put a new computer in it. And we got on our way. We arrived in Frankfurt, Germany, late. Missed our connecting flight. So we're six hours late getting into St. Petersburg, Russia. Not knowing anyone. <laughs> I was scared. But we did get to the drug rehab center eventually. We, we loaded aboard a Land Rover with wooden seats in the back and the hockey equipment bags that we had full of tools and things to help build the building was between us. I get car sick. But an hour into this drive, I had to get up front. I couldn't take it in line. I was ready to puke my guts up. But we got to the rehab center, and we gave our testimony the first couple nights we were there, and, and we spoke and all this. And then I think the third or fourth night we were there, we went into the barracks to sit up, and there was no one there. It was empty. No one. So through our translator, we realized that midweek is Bible night. Bible night. What you do on Bible night is that uh, someone gets up and reads from the Bible, and then, well, we went in the men's section, and the ladies went in the ladies' section. Uh, they're allowed to ask any question about Scripture they want. Sounds like a good idea. Wade Foss looked at me and said, Harvey, you're going to do it, right? Okay. Okay, I'll do it. I started with John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was God. Read down a little ways, and the first question was, where did Cain get his wife? That's not in the scripture. But they did ask a lot of questions, and this went on for a couple of nights. And we were at another, because there's two, two centers. It's abandoned military bases that the, the uh, rehab center has acquired from the government because the government abandoned them. That's why we could go up on that ladder. It's all abandoned. And uh, we were late getting back one night. And when, I, when we got into the room, I don't know if you can remember, Doug, like there's probably 20 of these former drug addicts and everything, you know, that had come through the system because they, they stay and live there for the rest of their life. Most of them did. But when I sat down, they said, I guess they must have rehearsed it. Harvey, we missing you. I almost cried because, you know, I thought as I was preparing for this, we think to be hospitable, we have to have a fine meal prepared, you know, find everything, China, 
But these guys made me feel so welcome into their lives. And that's what being hospitable is about. Give me a word with H in it. I struggle. Right? Being hospitable is about going into other people's lives, allowing other people to come into your life with no strings attached. No strings attached. So this morning we're going to look at some scripture. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Luke chapter, begin with Luke chapter 22. Verse 7. It, these scriptures are so familiar to us. We read most of it every month. The first of the month. We have communion, right? We all know I did bring up a communion cup. Verse 7, 22 and 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Verse 7. Let's go down to verse 14 to 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit or of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is the Passover meal. What is missing? In a Jewish tradition, right, the Passover meal, it has the wine and the bread. But what else? It has to have flesh. It had to have flesh. Either lamb, if you were proud of the custom, or a dove, if you were poor, but there's, something is missing. The flesh is missing. If you look at our text this morning, actually, is Luke 23. I'm going to read it. Luke chapter 23, verse 32 to 49. 32 to 49. Two other men. This is after the Passover, the celebration, Jesus said, now he's on the cross. Two other men, both criminals, were led, also led with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his closed by casting lots. And the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he served others. He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished 
justly. For we are getting what we, our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. See, he didn't just invite that criminal to go with him. He invited the old world, the old human race, you and me. From when he said today, see John 14, Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house. We say many mansions, but the NIV says many rooms. If God is there, I'm okay with that. Believe also in me, my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to, to be with me, that you may also be where I am. See, and if we read further down in that te- our text here, in verse five, 45 of Luke chapter 23, it says, The veil that separated the Holy of Holies was torn in two. See, from the time of Adam and Eve, we... Adam and Eve was expelled from the garden. There's been a barrier between humans and God. Of course, the Jews, they had their relationship with God. They had to go through their rituals and all of that. But us Gentiles, those outside of the commonwealth of Israel, could not really have a relationship with God, an intimate relationship with God. And when the veil was torn into, when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, he didn't just say, Father, forgive this thief. He meant you and me. See, on the cross, Jesus is both king and offering. He's the host of the dinner and also the food that is about to be fed to, the, to us. The cross is a place of great hospitality. We're talking about hospitality, an open house. Jesus meets us where we are. Jesus meets us where we are. It's a full mystery that we cannot comprehend. That Jesus became not just the host of this big meal, but he's also the meal of this meal. He is the offering. He is the lamb that was sacrificed. And as followers of Christ, or as the Apostle Paul calls us, Christ ambassadors, we are his ambassadors, we are to demonstrate Christ's likeness. Also telling you those around us, not only those that look, talk, wear the same clothes, listen to the same style of music, or even worship the same God as we do. Please forgive me. I'm, about to, I'm just going to tell a story that happened to us a few years ago. And it, 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 I couldn't believe it when it happened. We were having a family barbecue. And when I barbecue, I barbecue enough. I am not going hungry. And there's always room for more. So Matt, my son, don't want to mention, was, was at Fleming at the time. And he, and he calls. He said, Dad, you know, I can't remember the guy's name. He said, say, save his name is Derek. There's no Derek here. Uh, can I bring Derek home for dinner? We're having a barbecue. Sure. Five minutes later, the, the phone rung. This is it still like 10 years ago, maybe. Uh, the phone rings again. It's Matt. Dad, Derek wants you to know that he's black. 
They said, what? It's sad that even today we judge people because they either they don't look like us, we don't think like us, they don't walk like us, they don't listen. To, no, it's time, especially for myself, it was, it hit me and said, Lord, please forgive me if there's anything like that in my life. We don't have to go out of our way to be hospitable to people. Uh, my turkey is still in the fridge from Christmas because we couldn't cook one. No one could come. If you know, uh, we worked on Christmas Day, so we were going to have our Christmas dinner on, New- on Boxing Day. Well, our good pr- premier closed down everything. So my turkey is still in the fridge. But one thing, give credit to Gloria, or we did in Christmas, talking about how to be hospitable even in COVID-19, we went to Tim Hortons and bought a bunch of $5 gift cards. And we walked around our neighborhood thinking, God, who should we give these to? Because we've been in the neighborhood for like 20 years almost. And there's neighbors, you know, because it's a loop. So on the back, we really don't see many of those people sometimes. But since that, we've met someone walking, and they recognize, because we did get a nice bottle of wine, some chocolates, and a few more. And, you know, and we've made an effort. And since that, who knows? Maybe if COVID goes away, we can have a barbecue and invite some of those people. Just being hospitable, letting people come into our lives, it's what's important. We need to demonstrate Christ-like hospitality. One, and Tracy mentioned this last week. One of the distinct differences between entertainment and hospitality is one of communion. It's not just about the food. Get that in your head. It's answering the question, how intimate, and how we can foster a deeper relationship with someone. Hospitality goes beyond the surface. Those who seek to entertain feel the pressure to fill the silence with increasingly babbling. You know, you know what, I, I did this. My son, well, he's got this degree. My, my daughter did this. I don't have a daughter, so, right? And my grandchildren are so beautiful. I might go that way. But what I'm saying, it's not about my performance if I'm hospitable to you. Conversations, when it's, it's about entertainment, it just stays on the surface. It just stays on the surface. You know, what I did 20 years ago, what you know, okay, I work here, I work here, you do this. Okay, that's nice, that's nice. But when it comes to Christian hospitality, we go a little... What was it? I don't know if anyone can remember the Farfell 4 on the Gaither videos. I actually listened to them. Got to dig a little deeper in God's love. Right? You got to dig a little deeper to get Christ-like hospitality. It's not the surface stuff. Those pursuing genuine hospitality is other-centered. Demonstrating a willingness to put the other person in the spotlight. I'm here to listen to you. I invited you to my house. You're my guest. I want to know your story. I know my story. So I want to know yours. Biblical hospitality is stories without the need to one-up. You know what I mean? I'm a guy. I don't fish. But I have some of my brother's fish. You know, you catch a fish this big. When you tell the other guy, he gets this big. And then he gets this big. You know? And by the time the story's got around for three weeks, 
I got a 42-inch bike. Right? So it's, 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 it goes. And, you know, I learned this lesson really good this year at the deer camp. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a guy and I can do that. Right? But this year, uh, I think the second day of the season, one of my buddies shot a 12-inch, 12-point buck. That's amazing. And all I've ever shot is these little guys. You know, the bucks with this. Then a couple of days later, I did, I, I did shoot a 10-point buck. But he had already helped me one or two. So I couldn't do that. And like I said, I'm guilty of that. I don't know about you. Christ-like hospitality asks for the meaningful questions and allows the time for the other person to speak. See, Christ-like hospitality tunes spiritual ears towards the joy, the pain, and the fears of those sharing the meal and models an environment where relationship, intimacy, moves easily from superficial to spiritual. Spiritual. Remember, Jesus said to the criminal, when the criminal said, remember me when you come to your kingdom, I believe, going on the right, on the left, Jesus looked at him, made eye contact, like he did with the woman that was caught in adultery. Remember? She was, her face was to the ground because she had been caught in adultery. Jesus said, go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. I, I believe Jesus was one of those guys that made eye contact with everyone he spoke. Even when he spoke to the 5,000, somehow he made eye contact with everyone he spoke with. Because even with our mask on, we can make eye contact. And you can tell, well, I've been, I work in the field I work in. You, you, your, your behavior, what you say is, is okay. But your eyes and your body movement tell me more where you're going and what you're doing. Make eye contact. Look at people. And, and listen to their stories. Move beyond just what they're the, the words they're saying. Look into their hearts and realize what they're saying. Sometimes we listen with the intent of providing our quick solution. I have an answer for that problem. Right? We are so wise that we can tell you what you need to do. No. With all those drops of wisdom, let the other person finish their conversation first, please. Think before speaking. I have that in, in, in brackets on my notes is advice to self. Again, I like to talk sometimes. And you know, when someone is telling their story, I'm like, this, I want to answer it. But no, I consciously have to remind myself, Lord, let them finish their story. Let them tell their story. Be hospitable to them. Let them know that I care about where they are and what they're doing. And as sometimes it's hard. Our homes must become a place of safe refuge for those who may not feel comfortable in our church building. It's not about notches on your gun, you know, like gunfighters. It's not like that. We're not out just to get someone to sign a card. It's not about that. It's about listening to their story and, and, and listening good enough that they see a difference in us and allowing them to tell their story and, and become closer to God. Be, 
get in a relationship with God, encourage them to grow in God. See, I, you, well, most of you know, I didn't grow up in church, so I don't see my salvation, yes, because I, I came to the Lord in a traditional Pentecostal way. But I believe even when I was young, there was a journey towards God. You know, I see salvation as a kind, forgive me, this is my theology. This is one of those things that might not be God-inspired, okay? Just footnote there. We, I believe all of us are on a journey towards God, no matter wh where they are. And it's my job to be hospitable and help them to, to move closer to God. You know what I mean? Uh, someone may say they're not a Christian. I'm an atheist. I had one guy this week actually tell me he was an atheist. But he said, I'm, 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 I don't know where I am right now. And that person may be, you know, I may see that person more often over the next few months. So my, not looking for points on my, but I, my goal is to encourage him to move closer to God. Because we're all on a journey together. Hopefully we are becoming more open to the messenger. Hopefully your neighbors are becoming more open to you. You are a messenger. You're an ambassador. They might never come to the church. But in you, they might see the hope that they need. The message of the cross is in you. Jesus, for some crazy reason, has given us that message, you and me. And we are to be open to those around us. We have taken time to listen to their story. Those far from God can find fulfillment in their hearts, longing to become more like God because of our biblical hospitality. Hospitality honors the other person, honors you. When you come to my home or when someone that don't know God comes to my home, I need to sit down and listen. See, on the cross, Jesus honored the criminal's request and invited him to the Father's house. Today, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He listened to what the criminal had to say. When the Christians use their gifts of hospitality, they aren't expecting return favor. We, we, we don't do it because we're going to return something. They're going to return a favor for me. If I decide to go and help Charlie, well, Charlie's part of our church, but if there's someone that's not part of my church, if I decide to go and help them, if they don't know God, it's not because I want them to come and help shovel my snow next year because my snowblower gave out. It's because I want them to see God in me. They, we show hospitality because God showed hospitality to us. I don't know about you, but I'm here because some Christian listened to my story. Some Christian showed me some hospitality. I'm not sure about your story, but I'm saying most of us here, yes, yeah, some grew up in the gospel cradle, rocked in the gospel cradle, but those who didn't grow up in that gospel cradle was because someone took some time and listened to their story, where they were, where they were coming from. And because of that, the, the, the love of God was shown through Christian hospitality. See, Christ-like hospitality listens to the other person's story. That's all I'm saying this morning. Uh, there's a funny saying, uh, and most of us probably heard it before. He gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen to 
twice as much as you say in most conversations because someone else is telling their story. My cry this morning, my art, uh, since Pastor Tracy started this, is, Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart filled with Christ's love and hospitality. Let's be hospitable. There's a world out there that's looking for someone to listen to their story. We need to listen. We need to listen. Let's stand. Ask Brian to come back. Father, we thank you that you have shown your great love. You have opened the doors of heaven. You have opened the doors of your kingdom. We just pray now that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth. And we believe within our hearts it is your will for us to welcome the stranger, to welcome the criminal like you did on the cross, to be hospitable to our neighbor, to our friends around us, Lord, that don't know you, they're not in a relationship with you. And Lord, help us to spur them on, to encourage them on, to draw closer to God and to a commitment to God and a relationship with God. Lord, help us to be salt and light in, the, in, the, in the, our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our, wherever we are, Lord. Help us to be reminded of, that we are Christian and we are to look to others and listen, listen, and listen with the intent of showing love, empathy, compassion to those around us, Lord. We are your children. We are so honored that someone told us the gospel. Someone showed us your love. Someone showed us your grace and your mercy. Help us, Lord, to be Christ-like, to be your ambassadors in a world that's lost. In Jesus' name.